Welcome to Ethics for All People, chapter number four of Pirkei Avos, the final two missions of the chapter. Rabbi Elazar Hakapor Oimer. Rabbi Elazar the Kapor says, Hakino v'ataiva v'akovoid moisin esa adam min ha'ayla, which means lust. Envy, lust, and honor-seeking drive a person from this world. Let us discuss these three concepts. Number one, kina, which is envy and jealousy. Number two, taiva, the meaning of lust, and also addiction. And number three, covered the concept of seeking honor. Says Rabbi Elazar, a very important rule in life that a person who is jealous of others, you should know, this will drive you crazy, it will drive you mad, and it will pull you out of this world. What is the concept of kinna? What is the idea of envy and jealousy? You see your neighbor who is five years younger than you, ten years younger than you, and your neighbor has a nicer house, a nicer car, and you say to yourself, I deserve that. That belongs to me. I'm smarter, I'm more intelligent, I work harder than that person. How come my neighbor has a nicer house? How come my neighbor has a nicer car? It's important to note that every year on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, God opens up the book of life and death. The book of riches and the book of poverty. The book of health and the book of sickness. For all nations of the world, not only the Jewish people, all Noahides, all nations living in Asia or Europe or Israel or America, etc., 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 God opens up the book of all humankind and says, will you survive the year or not survive the year? And each person has a number, how much money you are going to make this year. You're going to make a million dollars, you're going to make 10 million dollars, you're going to make 20 million dollars. The amount of money on that paper, on that book of life, that is the amount you are going to make that year. You will not make a nickel more or a nickel less. Nobody can take away that money from you. And therefore, there's no reason to be jealous of others. There's no reason to be envious of others. Because what belongs to you is yours. And therefore, you want more? Ask God for more. You don't need your neighbor's house. You don't need your neighbor's car. You want a bigger house? Pray to God for a bigger house. This concept leads to a question. And that is... There is a mitzvah in the Torah that says one should not open up a store right next to his neighbor. In other words, if you have a liquor shop, your neighbor should not open up a liquor shop right next to you. It's called encroachment. It's a prohibition in the Torah not to take away the business of your friend. So I was thinking about this question I was thinking about this mitzvah for many times, for many years. 
And that is, if we say that God gives you how much money you're going to make, and he puts it down in the book of life, and nobody in the world can take it away from you. So why then can I not open a store next to my neighbor and be competition, be a competitor? I can't take away his money anyway. And I believe that the answer is that the prohibition is not to protect the vendor. The prohibition of encroachment is actually for the sake of the competitor. In other words, God is telling you, you need to be sensitive and not hurt your neighbor by opening up a store in his face and saying, look, I have the same store that you have. I'm going to steal your customers, even though you cannot steal his customers, because the customers that belong to the original vendor, that person will receive. The money he's supposed to make, he can make from one customer or a hundred customers. It makes no difference. He will make that money. But as the competitor, the Torah is teaching us sensitivity. Don't go and hurt your neighbor by opening up a store right in front of his face because you need to be sensitive and give that person their space just like you wouldn't want your competitor to open up a store within the same four cubits as your store. So this is the first concept here. And that is kina, which is the concept of jealousy. The second concept is taiva, and that is lusts and addictions. Anyone that has a lust or tremendous desires or passion for physical things, it could be food, it could be alcohol, it could be gambling, it could be card playing, it could even be sports. These are all addictions. And says the Mishnah, you should know, this will take you out of the world. <clears throat> and finally, covered honor. You decided that you are so smart, you are so successful, how come people are not giving you honor? Your neighbor who's not so smart and not so successful, people love him and give that person honor. But why don't you have honor? If you only desire honor, and if you are only doing things for the sake of honor, you should know. Says the Mishnah, this will drive a man out of this world. But the Mishnah is not only giving us the negative, the Mishnah is also giving us the positive. What does that mean? It is telling us that we can channel these three attributes. We can channel these three different types of addictions and use it in a positive way. And that is hakino, which is jealousy. You can be jealous of someone who does acts of goodness and kindness. Your neighbor gives every week $10,000 to charity. How come I cannot be like my neighbor? I want to give more charity. My, my neighbor has a soup kitchen and they are helping people. I too want to help people. My neighbor studies Torah every day and studies the Bible every day and prays three times a day. I too am jealous of my neighbor. This is a kosher kinah. This is a kosher envy. And this is healthy because as the Talmud says, 
That the envy of scholars increase wisdom. And therefore you have a right to be envious of someone who does more good deeds than you. When it comes to lusts, to have an addiction for gambling is a bad thing. But to have an addiction to study more Torah, to have an addiction to help others, that is a kosher addiction. And similarly, honor. Instead of looking for self-honor, give honor to others. Give honor to your parents. Give honor to your teachers. Give honor to your elders. If you look into the beginning of this chapter, if you look into the beginning of chapter number four, it says, who is honored? He who honors others. So if you truly, if you truly want to receive honor, then you can fulfill that desire by honoring others. And this is the first piece of advice in the first Mishnah that Rabbi Elazar Kapra tells us. And by doing so, this will actually elevate you from this world in a positive sense. Because the meaning of olam, world, in Hebrew, etymologically, means concealment. It's a world of concealment that conceals the truth and conceals godliness. But if you will have an envy for those who are doing more deeds, if you have a lust and desire to get closer to God spiritually, if you give covered and honor to others, you will be elevated. God will pull you up from this everyday mundane, hedonistic, finite world, and you will see the truth. You will see a totally different reality of spirituality. So that's the first concept. And then he goes on to say, He used to say additional things. The next Mishnah. And that is the following. You should know that against your will, you live. And against your will, you die. Now, it makes no sense. If against my will, I live, means I don't want to live, then I die. So why then does it say, against your will, do you die? Which means I want to live. So do you want to live, or do you want to die? There's a very deep Hasidic concept here, an important message for every human being, for all nations of the world, for all people. And that is, the soul, the human soul, is a part of God. And this soul is in heaven and it basks in God's light. And the soul is told, I have a mission for you, to go down to the world, to bring light into the world. And the soul says, I don't want to go, God. I'm happy being with you in heaven. It's nice and light and bright and warm and beautiful, inspirational. Why would I want to go down to the world? And God tells the soul, no, I have a job for you. I need you to go down to the world and bring ethics and values, principles, light, joy, happiness to others. Make the world a dwelling place for God. And so the soul 
is forced from heaven down into the human body. And so when it comes into the human body, it's very angry. It doesn't want to stay here. It's in jail. And says the Mishnah, therefore, God tells the soul, against your will, you will live in the body. But then the soul begins to think and meditate. Why am I here? I am here to fulfill God's will. That is why every human being is here in this world. We are here in this world to fulfill God's will. And to make the world a dwelling place for God. And by doing so, the soul will get rewarded in the world to come. Many, many times over, as it says in Ethics of Our Fathers, that one moment of paradise is greater than an entire world and lifetime of pleasures. So the reward of paradise is phenomenal. But at the same time, and even more so, the soul comes down to the world to fulfill God's mission to make a dwelling place for God down here in this world. And when it comes to that realization, it says, you know what? I agree to stay here. I want to live. Because I'm going to do God's mission with joy. I'm not going to be here and be angry and upset. But rather, I will do it with joy and with pride. Says the Mishnah, that's the case. al against your will shall you die because now you want to live now you want to be here if that is the case you should know against your will shall you die so if that is the case that I want to be here why then does the Mishnah again say against your will shall you live make up your mind am I living against my will or am I dying against my will And the Rebbe explains the following. That in truth, the soul is like a candle. A candle is flickering back and forth. It's yearning to unite with the source of light, with the sun, with God. And then at the same time, it's holding on to the wick down here. In our service to God, there is the concept of Rotsui and Shuv. Running and returning. We are running to connect to God We are running to have spirituality. We are running to leave the body, which is finite and physical and mundane. And then we are returning back into the world, back into our mission, back into our responsibility, back into our obligation. However, says the Rebbe, that it's important that we have both. Because if we lack the Ratsui, if we lack the running to connect to God, to leave the world, then the return will also be diminished. Because unfortunately, the soul will get too used to the body. We will begin to become part of the fixtures of nature. And we are going to think we belong here. We are going to think that we should be part of nature and be part of the finite physical world and adapt to all of the culture around us and forget about our prime mission and goal of why the soul has ascended thousands of light years into the body to be able to fulfill God's will. And therefore we need this constant struggle, this constant running and returning. 
And therefore the Mishnah uses both terminologies. On one hand, you should know against your will shall you live. You need to have this constant yearning to connect to God, to leave the body. And that is done through prayer, through the study of the Bible, of Torah. And then you have to have the realization and purpose and objective and goal of staying down here in this world. And if that is the case, against your will shall you die. And finally, the Mishnah concludes by saying, And that is, you are destined to give an account before the Supreme King. Now, in truth, in truth, the wording over here is din v'cheshboi. Literally, it means that ultimately, you will give a verdict and then you will give an accounting to the king, to Almighty God. Now, if you have a lawyer and anyone knows a little bit about the courts, one knows that first you go to court, you give a reckoning of the case, and then the judge comes out with a verdict. Why then does it say here that ultimately, against your will, you will have to give a din v'cheshbun? You will give a verdict and then an accounting before Almighty God. There's a beautiful teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. And Baal Shem Tov says the following. That when a soul dies, when the soul leaves the body, when the soul comes up to heaven, the angels take the soul, I'm going to paraphrase, and brings the soul into a nice movie theater and gives the soul a bucket of popcorn and tells the soul, come, I want to show you a movie. Wow, the soul says, I never knew there were movies in heaven. Yes, there are movies. I'll show you a movie. And the angels put on this beautiful movie, 3D, and you see this actor, he's going through a whole life from his birth until his death, and then the angels turn to the soul and say, tell me something, did you like the actor? Was the actor a good guy or a bad guy? Was the actor kind or was the actor mean? Does the actor deserve to go to paradise? Or does the actor deserve to go to purgatory? And the soul gives a verdict. The soul gives a din. Well, I think this actor was terrible. The actor was ruthless. The actor was insensitive. The actor was a bad person. The actor should go into the purgatory. And the angels say, really? Is that your final decision? And the soul says, yes, that is. And the angels say, well, that is the case. That was your life. And you just gave yourself your own verdict. What do you mean it's my life? I wasn't such a nasty person. And the angels say, yes, you were. I will give you a reckoning. I will show you at each date and each place, each location. It was you who made those decisions. It was you who did those things. And therefore, 
From here we see how important it is to truly look at every person with a good eye and to judge each person favorably because one day you will have to judge yourself. I would like to conclude with a story being that we just celebrated Lagba Omer, the 33rd day of the Omer, which is the passing of Rabbi Shimon by Yechoi, the author of the Zohar, which is considered to be the Matan Torah, the giving of the secrets of the Torah to the whole world, I would like to tell the following story. When I was a young boy, I had the great merit to go on a float for the Lagba Omer parade. In those years, when Lagba Omer fell out on a Sunday, the Lubavitcher Rebbe would come out, and my grandfather of blessed memory, My grandfather, of blessed memory, was the MC of the parade. And I had the great merit of being on one of these floats. <coughs> now, on this float, the theme was, which means to serve God in any and every way that you live. In all your ways, know God. And the float basically had one young child in pajamas on a bed, getting up in the morning, putting his hands together, saying, Modani. There was another child eating breakfast, making a bracha, a blessing before he ate, another child praying and studying Torah, another child playing baseball and basketball, but yet at the same time making sure to keep the kippah, the yarmulke, and the tzitzes on. And then he came to the end of the float, that was me. My job was to say the Shema Yisrael, here of Israel, God is our Lord, God is one, before we go to sleep at night. I was told, bring your pajamas and bring a blanket. And so I opened my drawer that morning. I chose my nicest and my most beautiful pajamas. It was my pajamas with the choo-choo trains on it. And I'm sitting on the float, I put it on, and I have my blanket, and the parade begins. And the floats are now going by the Rebbe. The Rebbe sees me, he turns to my grandfather, and he says the following. Vu is Zayn Kushin. Where is his pillow? Now, on the most simple level, the Rebbe knew every child. He knew who I was. And perhaps he wanted to Tell my grandfather, I know it's your grandchild on the float. But I believe there's a deeper meaning over here. And that is as follows. The Rebbe is saying, where is his pillow? In other words, Almighty God is concerned about all his children, all humankind. God is concerned about your needs and your welfare. Not only is God concerned about our physical love, our physical essentials. But God also wants us to have luxuries. God also wants us to be successful. And God wants us to be happy in this world. And so, Vu is Zayn Kushin, where is his pillow? Implies that God is concerned about our luxuries as well. In other words, I can sleep at night without a pillow. You don't need a pillow to sleep, but a pillow makes it more comfortable. God is concerned about 
our comfort, our health, our welfare, and our luxuries. Furthermore, there are times in life that we are down. We are down on ourselves. We had a challenging day. We had a difficult day. Things did not work out the way we wanted. We're in a bad mood. And we feel embarrassed. We feel low. We feel down. You have to know that God is your pillow. God is there to lift you up. God is there to give you inspiration. God is there to put you back on your feet so that you go out there in the world and you conquer the entire world. So we hope and pray that in the merit of Prikiavos, in the merit of ethics for all people, you will truly make the world a more ethical world. And the world will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea.